This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. In 1912, Charles and Willa Bruce purchased beachfront property in California and turned it into a black resort. The land was later taken from them. Now, over a hundred years after they first bought it, it's being returned to the Bruce family following the passage of a new bill in California, Senate Bill 796. The land must be returned to the Bruce family. Congratulations to the Bruce family. So the Ku Klux Klan was involved in harassing them, and when that didn't drive them away, the city government decided to take the property under eminent domain. That was in the 1920s and the area was known as Bruce's Beach. They bought the property for $1,225, and that has become Manhattan Beach in California, which is now valued at $75 million. After the land was taken, they barred the Bruce family from purchasing any new ground in the area. So, I mean, horrible what they did to the family. No question. So, the injustice to Willa and Charles Bruce wasn't just against them, you know, according to all the, you know, pundits today. It was against generations of Bruce's who most certainly would have been millionaires by now. Would they? I mean, I know that the state senator, Stephen Bradford, talked in his press conference that you need to think generational wealth. It's what it looked like for the Bruce's. It looked like the Gettys or the Rockefellers or the Fords, the Bushes, the Kennedys. That's what generational wealth could look like for the Bruce family. Well, I mean, yeah, we can guess that would have happened. I mean, maybe, maybe Chuck would have gambled it away. Maybe he would have lost it in a, at a pool hall. I don't know. We don't know. We're just assuming that because of this, they would have been, you know, multimillionaires. Probably. Anthony Bruce, the great-great-grandson of Charles and Willa, say it's about more than money. Is it? Well, yes. When we were last in Manhattan Beach, it was a terrible situation for us. Okay. All right. You know, if you say so. Now, there still has not been a formal apology from the Los Angeles City Council. I guess the state bill giving you the property back isn't an apology enough. So we want an official apology from the Los Angeles City Council. Now, their argument is, well, we've said we're sorry to the Japanese internment people, and we've apologized to the the Chinese who had their complete town decimated in 1887, so they should go ahead and apologize now. All right. So now L.A. County has proposed options for the transfer. Now, one of the plans is that the Bruce's lease the land back to the county, thereby making the government pay them rent. That's one of the plans. The other plan would be the Bruce's come in and there's a new sheriff in town, (laughs) and his name is Anthony Bruce. And, you know, are you part of Manhattan Beach? Yeah, you're going to have to pay me now. Uh, You're going to have to pay us. Uh, So I, I don't know what happens. I guess probably, you know, financially with all the attorneys it's probably going to be better for them to lease you know it's their property they lease it to the county and you know probably a pretty penny that they're going to be leasing that uh, los angeles county for so everything will be 
you know, okay in the checkbook, but it's not about, it's not just about the money. So congratulations to the Bruce family for having their beach returned to them. And it only took a, a new bill from California to make sure that the land must be returned to the Bruce family. Sets a mighty precedent for the rest of the country, doesn't it? Because I think, if I remember right, I had a bunch of property, my family, not me, but my family had a bunch of property taken away years ago. And I need to, I need to get it back. So, and I need an apology. And I don't think my property was worth $75 million, but it was worth, you know, a lot. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what property that was tomorrow. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So yesterday, we talked about the Hollywood strike that may or may not happen because they're at the table and they're bargaining, the behind-the-scenes workers. We talked a little bit about how it probably, you know, is going to happen because they're pissed. They want more money. They want to work less hours. Geez, isn't that what everybody wants? More money, less hours. I would guess just maybe the deal gets worked out to where you quit your whining about the hours and we'll pay you more money and they'll be okay and they won't strike. I could be wrong. I mean, that's what happened. They're all working new deals now. I mean, with Johansson's deal, she's the one that lit the fire under everybody, under the streaming money. They all went, hey, she's getting an extra maybe 50 or 60 million. I know she asked for 80. And that's because of the streaming money. We need some of that streaming money too. I'm tired of working 14-hour days and not making streaming money. So I'm sure that will happen in Hollywood. But we find out today that work at Kellogg Company's U.S. cereal plants have come to a halt. This will not stand in America. Okay, I will not have it. So 1,400 workers went on strike. Now, it wasn't immediately clear how, it was, how that was going to disrupt the uh you know the service of the kellogg brands around america but i'm guessing it will hurt a little bit we're struggling all i mean you didn't even think about this we're talking about how much companies are struggling and uh can't find workers we can't find people to deliver the goods that are coming into the ports we have companies that can't get goods to the ports because the, those companies aren't making the product so i mean the whole supply chain it's it's more than bottlenecked man that supply chain is broken so now the people that are working are pissed and they're going to stop working our our cupboards are going to be bare soon man that's not going to be pretty holy cow so the strike for kellogg's includes the plants in omaha battle creek lancaster and memphis now, I mean, do I need to tell you the states? Omaha, Nebraska. Battle Creek is in Michigan. I'm holding up my hand now. Battle Creek is right there. You see Michigan. Uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, right there. They're in a part of the state. And Memphis, Tennessee. I am a big fan. Of that. I, when you think of Memphis, Tennessee, you think of Kellogg's. But and maybe it's just me. So the union and the Battle Creek-based company have been at an impasse They've been out of the bargaining table for more than a year. They've been trying to work out a deal for more than a year. Wow. And Daniel Osborne, president of the local union in Omaha, he said that the dispute involves an assortment of pay and benefit issues, such as the lost premium health care, holiday and vacation pay, and reduced retirement benefits. Uh, it seems like a big deal, actually, with the loss of some premium health care. Health care is really expensive. I don't know how, what their deal was. I'm sure they moved to a, you know, a different company. It happens to many places and many different workers around the world. Now, 
and the company still threatens they just had a big fight not long ago because the company still threatened to move some jobs to mexico if the workers didn't didn't accept some of the proposals now anthony shelton who is actually over daniel osborne daniel he's in charge of the he's in charge of the place over there in omaha Anthony Shelton is the president of the Bakery, Confectionery, Tobacco Workers, and Grain Millers International Union. He's your guy. He's the power broker right there. Now, he is uh, trying to bring them all to the table, and he wants to, you know, work out a deal. Apparently, they want, uh, you know, increase in wages, and they want to work less. I mean, that's the deal for everybody. Everybody wants to make more money and work less. It's funny, doesn't necessarily work that way, but I mean, I guess it does if you're the president of the bakery, confectionery, tobacco workers, and grain millers international union. But for the rest of us, uh, it doesn't necessarily work that way. So Kellogg's, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Kellogg's? You may, we're looking at empty shelves, man. We're looking at, isn't that where Frosted Flakes? Yes. I, mean, I don't even know if you get the store brands. Well, I mean, see, the store brands have been behind. I mean, we've already, I, who makes that? I thought the store brand was just the stuff Kellogg's was sweeping up off the floor. Just a joke. I know that's not where they get it. I don't think. But I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. It's just the stuff they scrape off the bottom of the barrel at Kellogg's. Yeah, we'll just make that the store brand. Send that to Kroger. No problem. Send that to Aldi. Aldi's got it. Aldi's will buy that. Just slap the Aldi label on it. Okay. I mean, I don't know that that's the way it works, but it could. And plus Kellogg's. Don't forget, they're the ones. They've been ripping off people for a long time with their shorting in the cases. I talked about that story before when I worked in for Winn-Dixie. Right? We, we, as, a, as a clerk, you know, a, a stock boy. Oh, how dare you call that? As a stock person. As a, a stock broker for the grocery store that would roll out boxes of goods and throw it on the shelf, whenever we'd get those pallets of Frosted Flakes and you'd open up the box and the box, and the pallet would, let's say the pallet has 10 cases on it. I don't know how many, how they send it, you know, to the warehouse, but we would get it from our warehouse with 10 cases of Frosted Flakes on it. In one of those boxes... Instead of having 24 of the Frosted Flakes, it would only have 23. Now, that doesn't mean anything to uh, as me as a stock boy. I don't care. I'm happy. It's one less box I got to put on the shelf. But you do that around America, that's a lot of boxes that Winn-Dixie or other grocery chains are paying for that they are not getting delivered to them. Kellogg's, that's a, that's a number of cases a year Kellogg's is uh, putting in the back pocket. That's free money. What do I know? Nothing. Nothing. I'm sure it was just an oversight. I'm sure that's the case. But, I mean, we had the story of John Deere averting a strike. Uh, They just signed a new six-year deal, so that's good for maybe two, right? Maybe. Uh, In this story, we talk about how the, uh, well, and this is our boy, Anthony, again, with the Bakery, Confectionery, Tobacco Workers, and Grain Millers International Union. My man is a busy man. He's taking care of business. He just resolved the Nabisco strike in August because their parent company, Mondelez International, wanted to move some work to Mexico. And I guess there were other issues, too. Well, there's always other issues, according to Anthony, the president of the Bakery, Confectionery, Tobacco Workers, and Grain Millers International Union. So that strike just ended with a ratified a new contract. Don't forget about Frito-Lay plant in Topeka, Kansas. And when you think of Topeka, Kansas, what do you think of? Of course, Frito-Lay. Those workers walked off the job protesting working conditions during the pandemic, including forced overtime. I didn't realize Frito-Lay brought out the military and was forcing workers to show up to make Fritos, but apparently they are. That strike just ended in July. One of the things that kellogg's was talking about was that they were you know they wanted to uh they didn't like have to work like that the 12-hour shifts seven days a week during the pandemic we had people out with the virus and 
We just had to continue to work. Apparently, Kellogg's has got an army that makes you come in, too. I don't know. I mean, maybe you get sick, too. I mean, as a worker who worked an hourly job like that, that got paid hourly for a number of years, there are times when... I can't make it today. Oh, man. I've worked, uh, you know, I've worked 21 days in a row, 14 hours a day. Right now, I'm... (laughs) I don't think it's COVID, and I'll go ahead and get tested, but I just can't come in today. Are you being forced to work? That's a a tough one for me to work. I would love to... I mean, you know what you're going to get when you talk to Mr. Shelton president of the bakery confectionery tobacco workers and grain millers international union he is all about it man more money and work less in fact that's what america is about more money work less but it really isn't that wasn't all about america for a long time but it is now and we love unions man we love unions in today's world so more money work less okay so let's say you just signed a new deal to work less and get paid more there's nothing that you need more than a pair of raycon wireless earbuds in your ears for the time that you're working less in i mean they are incredible you can't always control what's going on around you know around you but you can't control what you listen to and what's in your head and that's where raycon wireless earbuds come in um you know whether you use them to pump up wind down work work out you know don't use them at work because you're not working you're working less duh raycons are my go-to earbuds i uh, i absolutely love them with an improved rubber oil look and feel uh, the gel tips perfect ear fit um they're i mean they are impressive even before you're listening i i put them in i tell you i walk around the house you know what's kind of special too is you walk around the house and people think you're listening to stuff even if you're not because you've got your raycon earbuds in so they just leave you alone it's awesome so when you're making more money and working less plus you have them in your ears people are leaving you alone that's the bonus of raycon earbuds right there i i uh, just you know you're welcome you can use that no problem so you get uh, three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best with just the right amount of bass. Pure mode, which is podcast listening. Uh, balanced mode, which is rock and heavy metal. Bass mode is hip hop. But really, uh, for pure mode and balanced mode, it's what you need for this show. Uh, chewing the fat. Pure, pure mode. That's what you need for this podcast. There's also the all-new awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings instead. That's, you know, that's, people don't, we don't, you don't need to use that one. You don't want to be aware when you want to listen to people around you. No, that's the point of having them on. You don't want to listen to people around you. Raycon offers eight hours of playtime with a 32-hour battery life. It does feel like, uh, my Raycons, I feel like, oh, they're still charged. I keep looking to where I have to charge them, recharge them again. It, it seems like it never happens but obviously you know it does just a long period of time between charging there's also a built-in mic and you can take calls on your earbuds at the press of a button and they start another bonus with raycon earbuds they start at half the price of other premium audio brands and uh Here's uh, breaking news for you. They sound uh, just as good or better. And Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. Yeah, that's right. A 45-day happiness guarantee. On behalf of Raycons, you're welcome. Right now, listeners to this program can get 15% off their Raycon order. Buyraycon.com slash Jeffy. Buyraycon.com slash Jeffy. Save 15% on Raycons buy raycon.com slash jeffy b-u-y raycon.com slash jeffy j-e-f-f-y buy raycon.com slash jeffy all right let's go to the break room i need something cold to drink desperately oh. oh my gosh so good 
Hey, congratulations. Fat Bear Week has come to fruition. And 480 Otis is the champion. 480 Otis won with 51,230 votes to be Fat Bear Week champion. And I told you, 480 Otis made a great uh, transition from Skinny Bear in July to Fat Bear uh, this October. And there's no question about it. He definitely was awesome. So Otis is a four to six year old. Uh, when he first was identified in 2001, he's now one of the older bears, and apparently he's got uh, bear challenges. Uh, he's missing a couple canine teeth, and his other teeth are greatly worn. He's also got to compete with the younger, larger bears who want access to his fishing spots. But 480Otis is uh, uh, smarter than your average bear, okay? So he just hangs out along the side and lets the youngers take over and go fight and he just hangs out and says "Ooh, hey there's a spot that's open and he just kind of slides in and uh when nobody's paying attention and that's where he's at and he has a relatively according to them high salmon catch count yeah if you look at him he has a relatively high salmon catch rate that's what makes him fat bear week champion now he has been the fat bear tuesday champion and remember the inaugural fat bear week was just fat bear tuesday that was in 2014 and then he was the fat bear week champion two years in a row 2016 and 2017 and then he took a little break he was hiding out in the bag smoking a couple of smokes that's what and probably that's why he was so thin uh, coming out of the hole this season, man, because he was, you know, tough year, just hung out smoking all winter. But now that's changed, and he's champion again in 2021. So congratulations to 480 Otis for being the champion in 2021 of Fat Bear Week. You ever had a pair of shorts, you know, wedgie up so tight that, uh, you know, you got sepsis? Me either. But a woman apparently did. She, this woman is claiming that her wedgie from the shorts were so tight that she ended up in the ICU with life-threatening sepsis. So a 25-year-old from North Carolina said she got the life-threatening infection after wearing jean shorts. The shorts chafed her skin so badly she developed both cellulitis and sepsis. Those came from the jean shorts doctors it got so bad for this 25 year old north carolina known as sam uh doctors considered removing the infected portion of her butt holy cow no not a cow a human jeff uh luckily luckily though luckily for sam uh she was able to recover with antibiotics. So, woo, man, I don't know if she's recovered just from the infection and the cellulitis or just one or the other, but she's recovered. So it's all, it's all good. I'm not real sure that that's happened to others uh, wearing jean shirts. I'd love to hear from you if you've had this happen to you. Uh, you can email me at chewingthefatattheblaze.com. Let me know if uh, something like this has happened to you from jean shorts. If you've chafed so bad from wearing jean shorts, I can honestly say that's never happened to me. Now, maybe that's because I, you know, shop in the fat guy section. When I was a when I was a a, a youngster, I used to you know shop in the uh, what the heck did they call it now the yeah the husky section. That was. <laughs> Oh, I remember going into the husky section with my mom thinking, just just shut up. All right, quit talking so loud. Just give me my jeans and let me get out of here. I know I'm husky, okay? Just stop asking me if it fits. How does it feel? But I never was chafed. It did give me cellulitis, though, now come to think of it. Uh, Maybe that's why, you know, no, that's a bad joke. Never mind. 
I'm glad Sam is okay, and I'm glad that everything worked out for her because of her sepsis and cellulitis brought on by jean shorts. Now, Sam shared her story on TikTok. I looked for it. I can't find it. All right. The link that they give me in this story takes me to a private TikTok account. Maybe that's Sam. I don't know. This particular TikToker has the heading of, I'm too old to be on this. That doesn't sound like a Sam. But that's the link that's in the story. So it's good news that uh, Sam is cleared of the infection after her stay in the ICU for a few days. And one of the other good news parts of this story is that she and her boyfriend are still together after the chafing incident. So apparently the boyfriend was forgiving and said, oof, man, you got you to do something with that chafing and cellulitis thing going on there, baby. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> you need to get that checked out. So maybe it was his, maybe he saved her life. Sending her to the doc to get that taken care of. Yo, we got something going on there. <laughs> I don't know what's happening down there, but I think it was those jean shorts. Couldn't have been the boyfriend, right? No, the boyfriend didn't cause it. It was the jean shorts that caused the chafing and the sepsis. So I know, stop it. It was the chafing that got infected. It was, that was just because of the jean shorts. Okay. You want me to believe that? That's fine. I just know that she apparently in the TikTok that I can't find said she was shivering, breathless, and couldn't walk and had extreme body aches. And I'm sure that's what the boyfriend said. Yo, <laughs> Sammy, baby, you need to get that checked out because I ain't about that. I mean, you could probably quote me on that, really, is that uh, I ain't about that. I don't know why you'd quote me on that. It was him that said it, the boyfriend. It doesn't. It was the boyfriend that said, yo, Sammy, I ain't about that. But it doesn't say that he actually said that in the story. So, I mean, you could quote him or me, I guess. But just know that if you've got some chafing going on because of too tight jean shorts and that has caused an infection and you have to go spend some time in the ICU prior to you go into the hospital no you're going to hear someone say i ain't about that and that's probably the same way you'd feel if you tried to uh, get a better deal on your cable service and got it cut off i i love this you'd be saying hey yo 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 i ain't about that which is exactly what happened so a guy calls a customer service rep for dish and he wants to get a better deal. This story says it's Dish. Uh, we'll see if it actually is because I feel like the guy would, the Dish Network customer service guy would, you know, get in trouble. Maybe not. Maybe not. But the story is, you know, you call the Dish Network customer service. We've all done it. We've all called cable companies when they have deals and you say, hey, uh, you know, I just want to take a look at my deal. Uh, you know, I'm paying so much a month and yet I see these promotions and stuff just wondering if there's something you can, can you help me help a brother out do something for him for a brother give me a better deal and a lot of times they, it works they help you out and they say well we can give you and if they don't give you a better deal they throw in well i can give you a, a month of hbo that's not enough I, was, I want a better deal than that it's something a little bit more come on help me out so this guy calls up to get a better deal with the dish network customer service agent and I want to cancel my account. And then they transfer you to another representative and, you know, you move on. Okay. So it's not a fun job and you're a rep and you're, you got to have customers screaming at you. That's why you got to be nice. This is the helpful hint for me. When you're looking for a deal like that, you got to be nice. You want them on your side. You want them to help a brother out. All right. When you're calling them and you're saying, Hey, come on now. I know you can do better than that. Of course you can. So anyway, one day a representative had a caller who only gave him enough information to pull up his account, told him that he wanted to cancel his, his account because what happens is is when you call up and say you want to cancel your account, 
you the rep usually goes oh so sorry what what is there is there something that we can do what's wrong why do you want to cancel what happened can we can we help you out can i help a brother out i believe that that is a quote from the customer service rep when you call to do that and you complain because you're because you're doing that actually to get a better deal but you're not being nice you're doing the opposite you're being uh you're being the the ugly customer the customers that the customer service rep just wants to get rid of so they're gonna what can i do what can i help you out so this particular time the customer service rep was not gonna help a brother out and the guy called the rep and said i want to cancel my account i want this taken care of i i I, i'm tired of paying your money no problem and so the, according to this story, the uh, rep could hear the TV on when the guy was talking, and so the rep immediately just cut him off and stopped the account. And the TV just went blank, nothing. And the guy's like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? You wanted to cancel your account, bruh. That's what you wanted. And so the guy was like, oh, hey, 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 no, uh, I don't know. I don't want my account canceled. I was just trying to get a better deal. Can you, uh, you know, I can, I can get you turned back on in seven to 10 days. I don't know, since you wanted me to cancel it, I just cut you off. No problem. I, I don't understand. Do you want me to cancel your account or not? Because uh, I can turn it back on if you want. But, uh, you know, I can't. And you know what? I, I, mean, I, can, I can go ahead and bypass that seven to 10 days. I can turn you back on right now if you'd like. Do you still want to cancel, sir? No, no, I don't. So the next time you call, maybe you'd be nice. Maybe you'd be nice to the customer service rep. So they're on your side. So that I, and I believe that that is, I don't know that Dish, I don't know that Dish actually has the customer service logo and representation, but one of the companies, they have a big ad that says, hey, call us, we'll help a brother out. I believe that's their, that's their motto. That's what they use. I don't remember which one, though. Can't remember which one, but it's... You see the ad all the time. Everywhere, every time you turn around, you hear, Hey, we're here for you. We will help a brother out. That's the ad. Wish I could remember the company, though. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Good news. Pittsburgh has decided it wants more darkness. So the city obviously can't turn the lights out, duh. But it's going to turn them down. So the city council voted last month to reduce Pittsburgh's light pollution and become dark sky compliant. (laughs) Yeah, and I hope more cities around America become dark sky compliant. Based on standards outlined by the International Dark Sky Association. Who doesn't love them? In fact, I actually would like to maybe talk to the Dark Sky Association. (laughs) So they want to use more motion sensor lighting, lower temperature bulbs, and light shielding around town. You know what I'd like? I'd like motion sensor lighting on stoplights. That's what I'd like. And they need to, I've talked about it, I'm so, I get so angry driving into this building on Wednesday and Friday mornings because it, there's absolutely no reason that cars should be stopped at red lights at 4.30 in the morning. It shouldn't, if I drive up to more, multiple lights where at least two, not just me, or up to half a dozen cars waiting at a red light that is insane it should be criminal we should be able we should draw whatever city that is we should be able to drag those people out of their office and put them in jail that's criminal you're costing you're costing a lot of money for us just to sit there idling with no traffic no that's not traffic control that's so the police 
could sit up the way and wait for somebody to run that damn thing and give a ticket to. That's what that is. But that, I digress. Back to Pittsburgh. There's no. There's absolutely no reason why those lights should be turned like that. It should be. It's agonizing. It should be either blinking red and blinking caution on either side. Whatever side's the busiest road gets the blinking caution, and the the slow road gets the blinking red. So you come up, you stop, and you go. Real simple. It's not that hard. Or I know they like to have the motion sensors. Some of them have the motion sensors in the roads. But so many areas are under construction. They don't work. Anyway, did I tell you about Pittsburgh? So the city is going to progressively replace bulbs outside its facilities, parks, and playgrounds. What could possibly go wrong? As we lower the lights at night in a major city in America. Nothing, nothing could go wrong. It's going to be wonderful because they're going to be dark sky compliant. Now they're going to take care of this at the zoos and the aquariums. Now Pittsburgh has, if you had to guess how many streetlights Pittsburgh has, take a shot. Chris Corby, streetlights in Pittsburgh, roughly. 20,000. You might win if somebody chose more than you because you can't go over because you didn't go under. 35,000, roughly 35,000 streetlights in Pittsburgh. So, and you can't just put somebody out there. You don't want to overwork someone changing light bulbs because people want what? More money, work less. Hello. That's the new way in America. So it's going to take them a couple years to complete. Couple years? Really? Oh, okay. I, mean, I guess we just standing around waiting for him to go out. That's our job. What are you doing? I'm just standing around here on 34th Street waiting for the lights to go out. When it burns out, I change it. I put in the dark sky compliant bulb. But I have to wait until they burn out. That's a good gig. I want that job. Just, just working overnights on 34th Street. Just waiting for the light bulb to burn out. Yeah. I mean, maybe you get a neighborhood. Oh, my gosh. They're making me work too hard. I have to cover two streets. No, we need more people to work. So I I find it strange that we now want to kill the lights. I mean, lights is what, are, what made America. What made the world, for that matter. I mean, it changed the world. Lighting was awesome. Now, it changed the world for good and for bad, right? Because I've talked about how we used to sleep in shifts as humans that they claim really is better for us the whole eight hour thing is really you know a mishmash of things but that only came about because we put in lights and we're up at night now because we used to not be up at night all right so you used to go to bed uh you used to go go to sleep early when it first got dark and then you'd wake up and you'd have your second wind so you know your second wind you'd be up and you'd read, you know what I'm saying. You'd wake up again. I'm calling it a second wind, but you know, you'd get your, you'd get, you'd be up for a few hours, and then you'd go for your second sleep until the morning. So when you, uh, I forget what they called it now. Now I gotta find it. Hold, hold on one second. I gotta find the stupid story. Please hold. Your listening is very important to us here at Chewing the Fat. We'll be with you momentarily. Thanks for holding. Your listenership is very important to Chewing the Fat. Oh, yes. Okay. So it's <laughs> they called it first and second sleep. All right. So uh, that's what they, uh, that's the official name for it. First and second sleep. Okay. So they knew that uh, people would, would lay down and go to sleep and they would sleep for a couple hours and they would get up and they would read or they would have sex or they would go next door and talk to their neighbors or have tea or pray or meditate they would just 
ponder. And then you'd go back to sleep and wake up, you know, for the full day. But with electricity and lighting, that changed because when it got dark out, why it didn't get dark out, did it? We would just turn on the light. And so that changed the whole thing. So if you're able to live by able by having your first and second sleep, that's a good life. And I want that, I think. I want that. I want more money and I want to work less and I want first and second sleep as part of it. That's part of my new that's part of my new contractual arrangement. Because I'm part of the you know, that union. The BC TW GMI. Yes. That's a powerful union, and I want them to argue and get that worked out in a contractual arrangement so I'm able to make more money, work less, and have first and second sleep. That's what I want. That's what I'll go ahead and ratify that contract today. Make that happen. B-C-T-W-G-M-I. Make that happen. What's his name again? Anthony something. Yeah, Anthony Shelton. President of the Bakery Confectionery Tobacco Workers Grain Millers International Union, the BCTWGMIU. So, anyway, Pittsburgh just wants you to feel better with less lighting or, or lower lights. Okay, that's all. Just light pollution. According to uh, Diane Turnshek, who's been consulting the city on the project she is a special faculty in carnegie mellon on light pollution mitigation her background is in astronomy so she obviously believes light is bad light pollution and she wants to be able to see the stars no question and she talks about hey uh Look, we're not trying to make it so that everything is dark all the time, but when you're done, turn off the lights. A lot of people use home security lights, but they're really not security lights. They just light up their yard because they're afraid. Whereas if they use motion sensors, they would be much better off and they would know when someone was out there. So don't look like that. Like, oh, that makes sense. Getting there was just going to take time, says Diane. Uh, it's not due to pushback from the public. No, because the public is all for it. Gosh darn it. Let's save a little money. Drop the lighting down a little bit. Bright lighting is just the way it's always been. Nobody has ever said, I like my pollution. Well, yeah, that makes sense. You can't steal that away from me, said Diane. Lighting has always been as celebration and progress and wealth built into our culture but don't worry about it pittsburgh has taken it away so forget all that and it'll they've worked out a deal now where they're going to get new bulbs and new materials so not only is it going to take a couple years and a guy is standing around waiting for light bulbs to burn out they've got to wait on the materials and the light bulbs and the way things are going now they won't be able to get those light bulbs that they need because i would venture to make a bet that those are made in China. I don't know that. I'm just guessing. So they might be on a ship at a port waiting to get offloaded, or they might be still in China, just collecting dust because they can't be shipped here. But anyway, Pittsburgh is just the tip of the iceberg. I bet more and more cities will be, will be doing this. No doubt about it. And you've got headlights on your cars. If you want to get somewhere. So shut up. You don't need that lighting. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. So 
So I've been to a movie theater with a friend of mine, and we were the only ones there. I know, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I have been to a movie theater all right, before. I know a lot of you haven't, but I have. And I've been to them with a friend of mine, and we were the only ones there. And that's kind of fun. It's kind of fun when it happens. But I see a story where a guy flew to Singapore. He was the only one on the plane. Now, that would be fun. I mean, I don't mind talking to people once in a while on an airplane, but for the most part, say hello. And then if somebody, you know, you can respond if you're asked a question, but after that, zip it. And then you got to fight over the window and whatever, you know, just, it just, it's a pain. But to be on a flight alone? So they were going to go to Singapore anyway. The guy was flying. He was told that they were going to, it was going to be a ghost flight anyway. So the crew was, there was full crew and they addressed the entire flight whatever they were going to say something to mr alexander the guy on the flight so if you you know whoever it was on the flight this alex svedvik uh mr alexander uh they he was the only passenger on board i wonder if he had to wear a mask because if i'm on that plane by myself there's not a chance i'm wearing a mask right but i bet you they would have make him right the the flight attendants that's part of their they're part of their deal, right? It doesn't say. You know, it doesn't say he posted a video of them addressing him as Mr. Alexander and saying, you know, he's a he's a, he shared uh he was in the luxury cabin by himself. Duh. You're the only one on the plane. That would make you want to wish that you had spent for coach on that flight. But he, you know, so you got the whole plane to yourself. I'm guessing you could sit where you wanted. I don't know. I don't know if they say you sit. Yeah, we need to. The flight manifest means you have to stay right where it says. So I don't know. But, you know, it would be kind of fun to be on that flight all by yourself and nobody there. I just would find it strange if you were to get if you were to get special treatment or if they just treated it like we got one guy and you're going to be fine for the next few hours because we're not going to say anything to you. Okay. We're going to go up and take a nap before we get to Singapore. So zip it back there, Mr. Alexander. Okay. But I would be interested enough if they, if they made him wear a mask uh, on the flight. And, and be I bet, I bet they did. At least, at least for the takeoff, right? The takeoff and the landing, yeah, you got to put it on, Mr. Alexander. You can't walk off of this thing without a mask. But while they're flying... Stop it. Stop it. I mean, I, speaking of flying, though, I talked about uh, on Chewing the Fat segment on Pat Unleashed uh, on Wednesdays that I do every Wednesday on his show, Pat Unleashed Daily on the Blaze Radio and Television Network. Um, I talked about William Shatner scheduling to launch on Bezos' Blue Origin, which is going up on the 12th of October. That'll be fun to watch. Yes, the Bezos uh, penis ship is going back up into the space. Uh, so we'll have that to look forward to. And, uh, you know, William Shatner is going to be on it. And he's going to be the old William Shatner is going to be is 90 years old. Wow. That does not seem like it's true, but it is. I mean, because the last flight they had Wally Funk and she was 82. So she gets you get one. You got a couple of months as the oldest Wally. Now you're out. Take a hike. All right, go over and fly on Blue or or on uh, uh, whatever the other one was. What's that? What's uh, Branson's? Yeah, Virgin Galactic Branson's. She's supposed to fly on that, so at least she'll hold the record over there until Shatner goes. You know, I think I want to go go over to Virgin Galactic too. So uh, you will see. You know, she could blow him out. But in looking at that story yesterday, I find the NASA story that talked about how the. Uh, the the problem with the SpaceX flight, and they had a problem with the toilet, right? Okay, the SpaceX flight where they had the the civilian astronauts orbiting Earth for three days, and they had an issue with the toilet. And there, I guess everything worked out fine. There wasn't crap everywhere. I mean, I'm sure I know that they when the alarms were going off, they said, "Oh crap." But I don't. Th- they didn't realize at the time that it actually meant, oh, crap, 
because the fans weren't working on the toilet because what happens they have fans on the toilet that literally just suck the waste into the toilet but in one of the confidential government documents that's obviously not confidential anymore we know that during the 1969 apollo 10 mission the one that saw i mean when you think of astronauts you think of thomas stafford john young and eugene cernan i mean those names just roll right off your tongues when you think about astronauts but they went around the moon and they reported in this once confidential government document they reported on day six that there was a turd flying around the spaceship. <laughs> and you, the audio is, oh, give me a napkin. There's a turd flying around here. And then a few minutes later, the other one says, there's another one. So, I mean, you don't think about that going wrong in space, but... You really don't want to say, oh, crap, in space? I mean, these rides, the Blue Origin and the Virgin Galactic, those are, that's a theme park ride. You're in and out, right? You got, you can get, you've got to go to the bathroom. You can, you know, put on a diaper or we'll be, we'll be back on Earth in a few minutes. But if you're going to be gone for days or weeks or months or years, I mean, that's an issue that we need to address. And I hope it's more than back in those days in 69, we were strapping trash bags on the astronauts butt wow you think of these astronauts as these great guys these they're they're traveling the, the space they're going into orbit and they're crapping in a trash bag you could have done that here on earth Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.